Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Today we're going to be talking about leave. And and if you're wondering why just one word, well, it's because it's part of a five-part series and this is the fifth part. And I'm actually going to let Jeremy go over the first four to kind of recap and, and then we're going to dive in. Good afternoon, Jeremy. How are you? Doing very well. How are you doing, Eric? I am doing fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Great to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. So this well, is part ex- five. Th- yeah, exa- you're exactly right. You're probably excited about uh, wrapping up here. We're finishing up the five-part um, series because there's five parts to our retirement income process. Mm-hmm. Retiring is uh, um, maybe fun, but it'll be p- become more fun if you have a good process to make sure you can uh, stay retired. And the five steps in that process, uh, we believe, is figure out, number one, uh, what is it that you need to spend in retirement? Number two, what will you be making in retirement? Mm -hmm. Uh, Number three, what do you need set aside in short-term money? Number four is what do you want to have set aside for your long-term growth type of money? And the fifth step is what are you going to leave behind? Mm -hmm. And uh, does everybody want to leave something behind, in your opinion? Well, we... Well, you're gonna, uh, one way or another, you figure, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're either going to leave behind some money or you're going to leave behind some bills and we want to make sure, uh, you leave behind a little bit more money than the, than the bill side of things. Uh, true. Very, very good. I'm, I'm hoping to leave a couple of mysteries for my family to really wonder about, <laughs> yeah. you know, just, just simple, simple things that, uh, will drive them crazy for a couple of years. Yeah. Why not? Why yeah. Not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. So where do we start today with leave? Yeah, well, let's talk about what happens when you leave behind some money. And a lot of people uh, eventually start looking at this. Uh, usually, the older you get, the more likely you start thinking about what I'm going to be leaving behind. And the big word for that is estate. When you leave behind mm-hmm. some money or, or property, whatever it is, that's your estate. And I'm sure we'll get uh, an estate lawyer on for some exact definitions, some exact ideas. Uh, but we just thought we'd go through the basics, kind of talk about what we uh, see that people are people are looking at maybe some misunderstandings that they have about uh, estate planning. All right. So does an estate plan, is that the same thing as a will? Well, a will is a, a tool for the estate plan. And okay. again, we'll get a lawyer tells us, here's what a will is, here's what a trust is, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but a lot of times people think estate planning uh, has to do only specifically with that will or what happens when you're leaving behind some money and in reality, estate planning is talking about what happens uh, to you and your money both before and after you die. It's not just about if you die, it's really about if you can't make decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not around, you can't make any decisions, but it's not just that. We unfortunately uh, just had a couple this past year in a horrible car accident. Uh, one of them died, mm. one was in the hospital, and the person who died, that had to do with the estate plan called the executor or a trustee, the person in the hospital needed a POA or a power of attorney. So it's it's not just about what happens when you die. It's really what happens when you can't make decisions on your own. Estate planning will make sure your family uh, has a clear understanding of how that should be set up for you. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, this really kind of touches on that. I think a common misconception is that estate planning is only for the wealthy. And I just don't think that's correct. Or it, yeah, you're right. It's only for the wealthy, or it's only for uh, once you get married, have kids. Um, you know, if you're 
you're married, you have kids, there might be some things written in the laws that help you out. Uh, but if you're 18 and you're not married, um, you know, who's going to be there to help out uh, with these different things? It, a, a year earlier, when you're 17, perhaps the, the government would look at your parents to help make some decisions. Mm-hmm. You hit that uh, adult age and they're expecting uh, if, if something happens where you can't make decisions, the, you either got to go through the government process or you need to have these estate planning documents in place. So it's not just for the wealthy. It's not just for the old. Yeah, it's also for the young or for anyone that happens to um, have any any money or anyone they care about. I'm, mm. I'm hoping that's everybody listening today is you got some money or somebody to care about. Uh, hopefully both or any more. Yeah. So, yeah. so going back to the POA, um, mm-hmm. can you explain that a little bit more in depth? Yes, the idea of this thing called a POA, that's power of attorney, it's just saying if I can't make decisions, here's somebody that I trusted to make decisions. And, of course, there's documents that the lawyers draw up and says you can decide this or decide that. Uh, but just an interesting tidbit, and we wanted to talk about some misconceptions people have uh, today, is a, a lot of people think the POA helps you out when somebody passes on. Uh, we'll get people that um, you know call and say, I, I had uh, my relative die. They had this insurance on the POA. Tell me what, what I need to know. And unfortunately, uh, we can't talk to them as the POA. The POA ends that death. It's saying, uh, I can't make this decision right now, but I've empowered you to do it. Uh, once you die, the POA is basically uh, not valid anymore. We're talking about uh, who's the executor who's the trustee at that point in time. So that's why a lot of times when the lawyers are talking about a will or a trust uh, and they're saying, here's the executor, here's the trustee, they're also asking, who do you want as a POA, a power of attorney for different things like healthcare uh, and finances? And another one they always talk about is this thing called the the living will, which is basically if I'm still alive uh, and I'm in the hospital, there's different uh, decisions that need to be made. Uh, Here's kind of my instructions on what that should should look like. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 All right. And it's important to make these decisions uh, not lightly. Put some thought into it. And uh, We like to joke a lot that usually it's the oldest son that does the money and the youngest daughter that takes care of the payments, uh, takes care of the par- parents, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we say that, uh, it really hits home. A lot of people, especially in this generation, if you're retiring now and your parents are like 80 years old, that's kind of the mindset uh, a lot of times. So whether you think that's right or not, that's kind of typical uh, that we're seeing right now. And we just encourage you not to do what's typical, do what you think is going to be best uh, for you and your, your family. Maybe um, maybe it is your youngest daughter that has a better financial mind. Well, she ought to be the financial power of attorney. Uh, mm-hmm. Who cares if she's not the oldest? Uh, who cares if she's not your son, right? There's uh, maybe some times that you kind of go with the convention, or at least what's been convention, and it doesn't quite match up with, uh, you know, who's got the best skills to help you out in that area, or maybe even who you feel most comfortable with talking about these certain uh, issues. Absolutely. I mean, that's that, that's a difficult decision, uh, but it's nice to have somebody to kind of bounce those ideas off of. Uh, and I know mm-hmm. that's what you and your team do, and I'm not just, you know, putting that out there as a plug for you, but it really is very, very difficult emotionally to make a lot of these decisions. So I would encourage everybody listening to this to, to seek a professional's help and just, just have that conversation. Don't put it off because it's a hard subject to talk about or you don't want to play quote-unquote favorites. I'm using air quotes on the podcast here. Uh, but favorites, uh, truly, it's, it's what's going to be best for the entire family once you're gone. 
That's exactly it. And it's not really just only about the money. A lot of times it's the things, the stuff, right? Uh, grandpa's gold watch, um, you know, that uh, that cabinet that's been in the family for years, whatever the situation is. Uh, one thing I got to tell you about uh, my grandma, uh, she's great. And one of the great things that she's done for her kids, she's done this years ago, right? Uh, she did this years ago where all the things that are still in her apartment, like uh, artwork, a clock, uh, grandpa's flag that was used at his funeral, she's got written on the back of it, kind of like a post-it note saying, well, this is who's going to get it. And she's told everyone, so there's not going to be any surprises. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be huge. Imagine, uh, hopefully it's years from now, but whenever uh, she passes on, the family already knows uh, her decisions. Um, they're going to know this ahead of time without the stress, right? There's no stress. Uh, usually there's not too much stress around the Christmas table and Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When you've said, well, hey, you know, remember that? that clock that you really liked, you're going to get that one. But because of that, um, this piece of artwork, the, the, the brother's going to get that. Everyone understands it ahead of time. There's not the stress of, oh my goodness, uh, one of my parents just, just died recently when you, you're going through making these decisions. She's already uh, done that for them. I think that's a great gift she's already given to her kids uh, by, by doing that. And I, I will tell you, it's so funny that you brought that up. Um, someone in my wife's family, <clears throat> went over to it was my my wife's grandmother's house and this was a uh, a, a daughter-in-law who did this uh, she went over with her own post-it notes <laughs> and oh, walked sure. and walked grandma around and said oh this would be great for so-and-so oh so-and-so would mm-hmm. like this of course it was only people in her family right. uh, so before someone tries to do that and take advantage of that situation I think it would be great to do what it was your grandmother right yeah yeah what that's her, what she's done she, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because that's then it's her decision, not somebody else coming mm-hmm. in and telling you what to do with your stuff. And oh my goodness, that was that was quite the dramatic event uh, when that did yeah. happen. So and it's unfortunately, uh, it's not rare. You hear this kind of stuff. Oh yeah, uh, all the yeah. time. It's horrible, yep. horrible stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we just want to talk uh, next a little bit about some I don't know if myths the right words or problems, just things we we run into where people have an idea of the way things are going to work and it just doesn't quite uh, match up. Okay. A lot of times we're talking to our clients and they say, oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm leaving everything to my son and he'll, he'll split it up. Like, okay, well, he's, he's not legally bound yeah. to split it up. You know, yeah. if you got three kids uh, and you just leave it to the one and, and say, well, here you go, you divide it three ways. You know, he's not legally required to, or even if he is a, a great person that will be bound by that, uh, he might run into some things with um, the gifting laws or even taxes, right? A lot of times we see people with savings bonds and if you just leave that all to the one person and they've got to cash it out, uh, that stuff's showing up on their tax return. And uh, they've got to figure out how do I account for the taxes here? Uh, it's, it's not just, um, you know, leave it to the, the trustee, leave it to the, you know, the, the POA, whoever you want to leave it to your you know, oldest uh, child there and let them split it up. You got to put some more uh, thought into it. Mm-hmm. And related that to a little bit too is a lot of people say, well, it's in the will. Uh, we got it all written out in the will. Well, the will doesn't really matter too much if the money doesn't get there. A lot of people have uh, brokerage accounts, IRAs, 401ks, life insurances. All these things have beneficiaries. And if it gets split up by the beneficiaries, that has nothing to do with the will. And mm-hmm. sometimes that makes life a little bit easier because you just fill out a form and let the, the company know. Um, but sometimes it makes it more difficult because you think, well, that's we'll cover that in the will. We'll cover the will. Well, if hardly any of your money gets to the will, uh, then 
um, it's not quite going to match up with what your will happens to say. It's your beneficiaries that will matter the most because that money will be sent out because of the way that you told the company to. The will is kind of for your leftovers. Whatever mm-hmm. didn't get uh, sent out by those other methods, lawyers will create something called a pour-over will. It's just kind of saying for whatever reason, eh, just whatever's left. Like if we forgot something, let's have a will. Uh, but everything else is maybe set up through the beneficiaries or trustees. They still create a will kind of just in case. And that's just really showing if that's the way that the lawyers are, uh, are viewing a will, is it really, it's kind of the leftovers in a way, or mm-hmm. what's gets, getting to the will. It's your beneficiaries that are going to be the ones dividing up a lot of your a lot of your investments. Yeah, absolutely. That's it, It's so difficult because it... You just never know. Emotions are running high already because someone, you know, you've passed away. And then in in your example earlier, you, you have three kids and you leave, for easy math, $3 million to the oldest son, to him to divvy up. Each kid is thinking, okay, we each get a million dollars. And that's not even close. Mm-hmm. That's not even close to what's yeah, going to happen. You get the- yeah, and then the siblings aren't going to trust each other. Well, why aren't we getting the full million? Well, because there's taxes. Well, why are we, you know, there's all sorts of questions. It, it just, it can be handled so much better. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, this is this is a great subject. Yeah, it's time to, like you said earlier, uh, find someone you can trust that's uh, impartial, that's out of the uh, family that's, that's mm-hmm. there that can uh, give you some good, solid advice that it doesn't have the emotion put into it, but has this knowledge of the way that the beneficiaries and the trusts and the wills and the taxes uh, work. And just real quick, speaking on taxes, um, a lot of times people are worried about maybe leaving money uh, to the kids or to whomever uh, because of the estate taxes. Um, not sure if you knew this or not, Eric, but uh, they changed the laws a couple years back, 2017. We'll see how quickly they change the laws again. Uh, but basically, you don't pay estate taxes until your estate is bigger than about $11.5 million, which is quite a large dollar amount. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite there yet. So, uh, yeah, and that's, that's for a single person, right? So a married couple, it's like you it's got 22 it. million, right? Or 23 yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's huge. And no, I'm not even close to that. So I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's it. And they, I think they maybe did that on purpose so that uh, you know most folks don't have to worry about that estate idea. But a lot of times people say, "Well, I'm worried about estate taxes or inheritance taxes." Uh, we're in Wisconsin. I don't know exactly when they got rid of this, but uh, the idea of inheritance tax hasn't been around uh, for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but another misconception. I'll just ask you to see where you're at, Eric. Is that uh, how much money can you give to your kids every year? Like what's oh, the think, most you can give away? I think if I well, if I remember right, I think gifting is isn't it ten thousand dollars per per person per year? I, I'm so happy you said that, and I I promise everyone that was not a setup, uh, but that's just about what everyone says because years back, the rule was that you could give only about ten thousand per year. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to fifteen thousand, and actually that's not even a limit. Like you can give whatever you want. The real rule is that. Once you hit that fifteen thousand dollars, we're here in two thousand nineteen, uh, recording this. But fifteen thousand is what that that amount is right now. You go over by a dollar. All you do is fill out a tax form, and the whole point of the tax form is the government's checking to see uh, did you give away more than eleven point five million. Once you do, we'll start taxing you. Uh, but the fifteen thousand isn't even in a limit. Uh, they'd love it if you gave away more than $11 million, because now you start paying the taxes on it. Uh, so you can tell your kids it's still $10,000, but that rules actually changes up to 15000 and that's not even a maximum. It's you're, you're not going to jail. 
if you give away $15,001, all you got to do is fill out a tax form. Uh, it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, let your kids think it's still 10000 yeah, Don't want go. them uh, asking for too much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Jeremy, I just want to clarify something. We were talking about the 15000 that you can give away each year to individuals. Uh, but then you brought up the $11.5 million again. And I thought that was just the estate amount that you, you could uh, give away without it being affected by taxes. How, how does that play into the 15000 per year? Yep, you get it. So estate and gift taxes are really just the same system. An estate uh, tax or leaving money through your estate, that's just a gift you make after you die. And a gift is one that you do before you die. So they've got this lifetime situation of 11.5 million. That's roughly what the, the numbers are right now. We're saying oh, roughly because okay. it's been changing. Uh, it actually changes each each year right now. And who knows what they'll do with the tax code in mm-hmm. the future. But the idea is each year they kind of give you a little bit of leeway. You give your kid 15 grand. They say, don't even tell us about it. You go over. They say, now you tell us about it. You fill out the form. And they're just starting to keep track of this because they figure if lifetime you've given away more than, in this case, $11.5 million, now they're going to start taxing you on it. Got it. So like we said earlier, what are the odds that as a couple, you're going to have more than $23 bucks that you give away either before you die or after you die? So a lot of people feel like there's this limit of ten grand that I can give my kids. In reality, the new rules are 15000 a year. And big deal if you fill out one extra tax form, you know? Yeah. You know, yep. if, you, if you really want to give your kid twenty grand, go ahead. Just tell your tax person, fill out the form like you're supposed to, and don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes it really, really clear. Thank you. Sure, yeah. So we talked about what happens when you leave behind some money. Let's talk about what happens when you leave behind some bills. And oh, a lot of those bills have to do with your responsibilities. And we're, we, we use the word bills, but we're not truly talking about like, okay, you get a credit card bill the month after you die. Uh, what we're really talking about is these responsibilities that come in, right? When you were younger, before you hit retirement, you uh, cared about your spouse and your kids and what happens if you die too soon. Uh, well, in retirement, even if the kids aren't at home, I hope they're not at home when you're in retirement, mm-hmm. uh, but you still have this responsibility to each other, to your spouse. And just because your money isn't coming in from a salary doesn't mean that your money will come in forever, right? Uh, if you die too soon, there's parts of your money, parts of that stuff that you'll be making that we helped you make decisions on uh, back in the, the second step, uh, that will change when the first person dies. So we call that the survivor gap. The idea is that uh, there's almost definitely going to be less money coming in from other sources when there's one person compared to two. Mm-hmm. Now, if both of you are on Social Security, doesn't matter who dies first, the lower one goes away. Got and yep. a lot of people hear that and they say, well, I'm the, I'm the lower person. I'll get brought up to my spouse at the higher amount. Yep, you're right. That's so awesome that the government does that, where they bring you up to the higher amount, but you still lost the, the lower amount. Exactly. Right? You, it's gone. A lot of times we see like a thousand bucks a month that's out the door, maybe even more uh, when the first person passes away uh, with Social Security. And with your pensions, a lot of times the default pension is uh, what they call a 50% survivorship. So if you don't take some actions to sign up for uh, a different uh, situation, you know, if you're getting a thousand, two thousand bucks a month from your pension, that might just drop in half. Now, hopefully you've got some different survivorship options are called. Hopefully you've made some choices, but that's what we're talking about here is uh, what are the choices that you get to make with your pension that will make sure that survivor gap 
is as small as possible. Mm. So you can make some of these choices ahead of time. Uh, other choices, like Social Security, you don't really get much of a, a choice on. And the thought is, let's figure out what is that survivor gap? What is it that the surviving spouse is going to be missing? And let's make sure that there's a plan because you've got some responsibility to help out your spouse there, uh, even if you're not, not around. And yeah. that's what we're talking about is those are the bills we're talking about is really more, the bills are going to start coming in more when there's less money after that first person dies. Yeah, absolutely. And another big risk, uh, big responsibility that comes in is what happens when you live too long? Uh, the longer you live, the more the stock market and inflation and interest rates will affect you. And what we see a lot of times is the longer you live, the worse your health gets. Mm-hmm. The worse your health gets, huge, yeah. yeah. The worse your health gets, the higher health care costs are going to be. And a lot of times, those are health costs that aren't coming in from your regular health insurance through Medicare, through your supplements. Uh, those are things uh, that a lot of people call long-term care. And I'm sure we'll get into a long-term care specific topic at some point in time. But the idea again too, is you need to have a plan, right? If you die too soon, there's gonna be a survivor gap that might be there for a long, long time for your spouse. What is your plan? Let's have a plan for that risk of dying too soon. Mm -hmm. And if you live a long time, chances are pretty good your health will change. And let's figure out what that might look like in terms of cost, in terms of who might be caring for you. Uh, right? This is why it kind of all falls into this estate planning idea of what are you leaving behind? What kind of legacy are you leaving behind for people? And you ought to have a plan there too. And yeah. we're not saying that plan is buy insurance for both of those areas, uh, but it could be part of it. Maybe the plan is you've set aside some extra money for these uh, risks that are being there. Uh, but the idea is figure out what is at stake and create a plan to help kind of mitigate, be prepared for those situations. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody wants to leave their spouse or family in a situation where it's just absolutely, you know, it's going to be terrible, you know, over the next five to 10 years. Um, I, I think everybody needs to have that plan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope the folks listening, uh, if they haven't gone through uh, this type of process or had the time to, to talk through what is it they want to leave behind, uh, we're just going to summarize a couple things here quick for you and really encourage you to reach out to your advisor, find somebody that you can trust that can walk you through some of this. Perfect. And related to what we're talking about, the idea of an estate, it's what you want for both before and after you die, right? So it's not just the will, where do I, you know, send my money to? It's what do you want for both before and after you die? And when it comes to these big risks, we feel that the two biggest risks in retirement or what if you die too soon? And if that happens, that survivor gap, find out what your survivor gap's gonna be and figure out how that's gonna affect your spouse uh, when that happens. Uh, have a plan for that survivor gap. And then the other big risk is what if you live too long? Because mm. chances are pretty good when you live too long, your health gets worse and your costs go up and make sure you have a plan for that too. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy, great podcast. Uh, can you give us a sneak peek on what we're gonna be covering next? Because this is part five, so we're wrapping this up. Wrapping it up, and uh, one big piece of uh, step one is when you're spending some money, it's going to be looking at your taxes, right? Uh, taxes are going to be a, a cost in retirement. Sometimes it's part of your biggest cost in retirement. So we want to give you some ideas around tax planning. What is it you should be looking at to be prepared for? How do things change in retirement with taxes? All right. I'll be looking forward to that. That'll uh, We'll get deep in the weeds on that one, I'm sure. There's lots to talk about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we All love right. talking about it, too. 
Oh, yeah. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for your time again. Thank you, Eric. And thank you all for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.